Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this season of Assembly comes from the Cary Theater in Cary, North Carolina, the Center for Advanced Hindsight in Durham, North Carolina, and a special thanks to Overcoat Management in Chicago, Illinois. If you'd like to support Assembly, go to our website, theassemblypodcast.com, or email me directly, theassemblypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we're about to start. Here we go. Modern School of Film presents Assembly, a look at what brings us together in parts. My name is Robert Malazzo, and I'll bring you what I see, what I hear, and what I learn. Now, let's start the assembly. Sure. This is Joey talking to you from New York. Check, 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 check. Joey, you sound much more present. Uh, Sam, are you a little further away from the mic? Mm, No, I'm just much smaller than him. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've both been on World Cafe before, but always like to you know give the refresher so you're comfortable. Yeah, it's NPR uh, show goes out to about 200 affiliate, uh, 250 affiliates. It's uh, a pre-recorded program, so if you find yourself giving an answer and you want to take it over again, you can absolutely go ahead and do that. We ask uh, you try not to swear uh, as we try and keep it family friendly. But worst case scenario, yeah. uh, John can make an edit if need be. Finally, it's n- it's not a gotcha program. Uh, we want to ask you about your music and talk to you. But that being said, I. I can't envision. I can't envision this, but we always tell every guest: if uh, I ask you something that you don't want to talk about, just say you don't want to talk about it, and we'll move on. Do you have any questions for us before we get started? What is your name? My name is Sam. Sam Beam. I sing and play guitar. What do you think of doing press stuff? I mean, it's not how I would love to spend the day, but I also like 
to make music for a living is part of it. There's so much music out there, you have to do whatever you can to just get people interested, you know? Let people know what you're doing. I definitely have seen people do interviews where I'm like, oh my God, you are a promo machine. You're like a miracle. Um, Brandi Carlisle, she's amazing. Really? Yeah. But it's not disingenuous, it's... No. Uh, I think it's really genuine and also um, affecting and effective. It is disingenuous. She's the most evil person I've ever met. <laughs> Very powerful. Being interviewed is also a skill that you sort of have to learn how to like just talk about what you want to talk about and know what you want to get across. And, you know, it's just part of something that you learn along the way. Did you learn about it through the subterfuge of doing these or did you like watch somebody? Just do it over and over and over again. <laughs> it's fine. It's part of the gig, you know? Amongst the spectrum of people you talk to for publicity, is there a difference? Yeah, I mean, you can tell pretty quickly, like, who's a fan, who's never heard you, you know, who's just is part of a promo machine. Yeah. Um, Who asks where's wine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get that all the time. Which one's pink? Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Can they drive you to a new thought? Can they Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not terribly um, self-reflective on as far as, like, my creative project like what the records are about or what all these things that they want to know it's actually usually through doing interviews that I discovered like what the thing was about <laughs> it seems a little short-sighted but it's the truth oh that's me <laughs> oh, I'll take two of those <laughs> but you know I don't like self-analyze too busy making things you know what I mean to be too self-analytical what do you want people to be left with when they hear you I mean I feel like the music that I that I make this sort of genre has a tendency to be seen as like pretty pr fucking pretentious and I want people to understand that you can do this kind of stuff and not be pretentious about it you know it can be as honest or as you know guarded as you want it's also a creative endeavor that you can engage in without adopting some ridiculous persona that's not yourself so I just try to talk to people like I would talk to anyone three two one. 105.5 The Colorado Sound. I'm Margo and I have a special treat for you. I have Sam Beam, whom you know as Iron and Wine, and Joey Burns from Calexico on the line with me because they've got a new album out called Years to Burn. It is their first collaboration in about 14 years. Thanks for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Margo. It's nice to be here. I was ruminating a lot after listening to the album on time because it seems to me that your album is kind of about time in many ways, the way that you you keep time as you get older. Is that incorrect? No, it's definitely true, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're in our middle age and that's what we write about. <laughs> we, don't write, we don't write about teenage love because that's not our life. No, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about what I do. What's the biggest misconception? That I'm sad. You know what I mean? Or that I'm, or like, I, I write contemplative music because I'm constantly brooding. It's just what I write about when I sit down to write. You know, it's what seems, like, worth writing down. Like, most of my thoughts just seem silly and, you know, just, you know, intemporal. I love to laugh, and I love to joke, but I haven't found a way to put it in my music for some reason. So I like people to know that I'm, um, you know, just, just me. I don't know. You're a hard guy to read. Yeah, I have, I have my defenses. Hi, Colleen. This is Sam. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Wow, good to hear. Awesome. 
Can you hear us okay? That's actually the hard part. Well, I wanted to pick your brains a little bit about this latest release that you just came out with, Years to Burn. Can you hear me now? Because <laughs> he just turned around. I can still hear it, though. Cool. Because he put the microphone in his ear. According to what we've heard thus far, we've made it. Well, not professionally per se, but geographically. For our final two parts of the season's assembly, we've landed in New York, New York, a planet many people consider to be the closest to the sun. So brace yourselves. The final two parts of the ship are about to burn off. Captains Sam Beam, Joey Burns, and John Convertino kind of got the band back together, playing and learning and listening. And in today's episode, all three. And who knows? Maybe even a little introspection in the bargain. Nah, who needs it? For these final parts of our assembly, starting with this one you're listening to, and by the way, thanks again for listening, we're going to take our parts in parts, something we love to do if you hadn't noticed. Iron and Wine and Calexico are going to spend a handful of days in the New York metropolitan area, doing what many artists feel is a necessary evil, while the rest feel is simply a pure evil promo talk and performance to support their new collaboration years to burn first on the isle of manhattan and after manhattan the guys will uber or subway or van it over to the hamlet of brooklyn new york with a show at the band shell in brooklyn's prospect park which will be our ultimate part part five coming soon i'm kind of excited but really curious about these final parts of assembly because i was born in new york so i find it really interesting to be here on business New York is also a place that Sam once told me he actually finds uniquely suited to the artist's life. Now that's not an original idea per se, but getting to know a little bit more about Sam this week, his personal and professional org charts, it's sort of a surprising statement. His life and his work has really been forged outside of concrete mazes like New York. Oh, and as an aside, can artists even afford to live in New York anymore? Can mere mortals even live in New York anymore? It's cheaper to colonize Mars. Speaking of our galaxy... Let's head back to the stars. Thus far in New York, the guys have started to make some pit stops of the de rigueur kind, to play some songs, and to account for some lost years, both on and off the record. Record, a word I love. A word whose origin actually is derived from cor, C-O-R, which is Latin for heart. Records are really statements, but are statements records? So, before the last show of the week with the guys, they're going to be on the record, two of the biggest records in New York. The first is literally that trip to the stars I promised you, a trip to Sirius XM satellite radio. Not only were they first to space, but first to the space. While they're at Sirius, the guys will do some songs and do some talks, and once I get my cool Sirius XM badge, I'll do my diligence. I'll see if I can sneak into the cockpit and hear it all kind of come together, and maybe meet someone from Mission Control while I'm there. I love space metaphors. <laughs> can you actually get on the subway in moon boots? So let's park the assembly buggy and tether ourselves. Here's part number four of the assembly. The record. How many songs are we playing? <laughs> Five. But the amps will be um, not, they'll be yes. in this, they can come into this room or? No, it's also because we're shooting it, so I'm trying to work out. Oh, I see how well. to make it look, yeah. There they are, the invisible paparazzi. They're coming for you. My name is John Convertino, and I play drums for Calexico. It was funny, I was thinking of you because 
remember you asked, you know, what parts of it you don't like, and I was like, I started whining about the airplanes and everything and the airports. And to come out here for this trip, I got bumped up to first class both, both trips. So, like, like that's a pretty cool omen. Nice. Do you believe in those signs? Do you look for signs? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you play a drumless drum set? Or a single drum drum set. Is that the snare? Is That's that my snare, yeah, but this is all they have for me, is the snare stand. This isn't the way I would do this, but, you know, we only have this limited amount of time. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. So, a lap steel. A lap steel. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't in there. I talked about this earlier, about using other drum kits. I'm curious yeah. about that. I was it's like a tennis player picking up a different tennis racket and saying when Wimbledon yeah, you know I know it's a challenge it can be really challenging sometimes um like the the bass drum at tiny desk yeah, yeah that uh, that bass drum was like completely stuffed with blankets and pillows and stuff and had no no resonance at all that's why I always carry my own snare at least I know that tone and I have a symbol that my dad bought for me when I was 9 years old and I still have it and I'm using it today and I take it with me a lot on tour, so I know those tones very well. This is a straight trumpet. You can use the R20 for the trumpet? Yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Joey Burns of Calexico. I write songs, I play music, and I help others to create music. I was going to tag you in a photo last night on Instagram. Merchandise ideas popping from yesterday's radio interviews. The first one was a... Wristwatch or, or pocket watch version, a little extra. It goes backwards, though, and not forwards. Yeah, right. Is this ever a challenge singing early in the morning? Am I singing early this morning? We, we have a playback right, if you want to just lip sync. I'm totally down with that. I think I'm still sleeping. When you have young kids, you have to start talking early in the morning. Is that the way that works? I told Twyla, I need you this morning to wake me up early and to engage. So she came in right on time. How was singing early in the morning? My problem in the morning is not my voice, it's my brain. <laughs> morning, yes, morning brain. At least you acknowledge one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I used to smoke a lot, the mornings were hard. <laughs> now it doesn't seem to be a problem. But I also don't really, I'm not projecting a whole lot. Like I was saying earlier, I don't really use my voice in that real I mean, obviously it is a physical thing but it's not as physical as other people so yeah I'm just lucky that way oh where's the pad check I'll check yeah he's there yeah I think they're hammering out the set list right now yeah 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 I think this will be this will be pretty special studio one and music ten yeah I've got it for for all this um so we're about to start sound check do you want me to patch you in like did you want to listen into the session or are you going to head over to the studio just for the interview stuff? Where the river ran dry To the mouth of wisdom And the end of doubt And the water appeared With a black spread smile Sorry. Took him by the roads And it turned to stone My name's Liam Davenport. Uh, I work for SiriusXM and I'm a director of uh, talent industry relations and booking. The beauty of what we do here is the curation, 
the intricacies of our programming that uh, a playlist on a streaming service can't ever fully replicate. Not to get too far out there, but as cars become automated, as you're engaging with entertainment in the car in a different way, um, you will be able to do certain things that you never were able to do before and so we're there to kind of bridge that gap I think um, in my opinion our shortfalls have always been no matter how many boxes you make that'll fit a certain genre or type of music you're going to have things that as, just as music grows and changes that's not going to fit in the mainframe that we created five years ago or whatever and so we're constantly reinventing uh, and even today's session, you know, there's three or four different channels here that I could say might want to do this, but I, it's my job to find a home for this music here and find an advocate that'll sign off on doing a session like this and marrying that together and getting that done. Um, is that a tough sell ever? Uh, yeah, I mean, every day, yeah. There's a whole side of my job, which is almost a sales position, and I'm supposed to be and am an advocate for music programming. I'm I'm a tool for them, so I'm not here to sell them on content. I'm not here to work them on music or records, but I want to make sure that some that with the amount of content that comes flooding through the doors uh, as a potential special or something, that everything gets the attention that it deserves and isn't just being bypassed because there's too many CDs on a desk or too many downloads in an inbox or something. If Sirius XM plays in a self-driven car with no one in it, does it still make a sound? It definitely does because I've been on the other side of the microphone. No, we're in good shape. Uh, how'd you guys feel about that in there? I loved it. That's my favorite version so far. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them. <laughs> wow. That sounds fantastic, it sounds guys. Good, guys. It sounds great. So tell me a little bit, uh, architecturally, offices and studios are kind of intermingled, or is there a church yeah, and so state? You'll see, you'll see here. So that's, these are all the program directors down the hall here, and you can kind of tell by the decor what they program. And then you've got the producers out here who kind of take what these guys choose, and they kind of make it all seamless. And then if you look back down over here, sorry, um, you'll see there's all these little voice tracking booths, which are really neat. And um, you have hosts that come in here and they sit and they uh, craft radio for two or three hours for the next day or two. And then they come back up here and they do it again. And obviously being uh, not claustrophobic is a prerequisite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a tight space. Yeah, we're in a, in a, in a uh, some people have closets 10 times the size of this. So this is, yeah, no, this is, this is a refrigerator box. What's the best idea you've ever had within these walls and the worst idea you ever had? I don't even know what that would be. Uh, I mean, being an intern here and deciding with all my heart that even though there wasn't a position available in this department initially, that I was going to work part-time and stay here and push until I could get a job that I love, I guess. And the worst decision? Hosts are inclined, especially in the right environment, to uh, go beyond the structure that I've kind of laid out. So I'll say, hey, you have 20 minutes, and they go for a half hour, and that impacts all the next shows, and there's a live show down the hall screaming. Uh, and so I've had to step in and, and almost physically pull somebody off of the radio before and so I don't that's why I, I don't say that it's the wrong decision it's a very unpleasant decision to make um, again riding that line of allowing 
really cool content to be made, but knowing that there's three other people in line that are also looking to make their version of compelling content and wanting to give everybody else the opportunity at said artist, it's it's a tough juggling act, and there's definitely been times where I've uh, exerted myself where I look back and I'm like, eh, could I have handled that a little differently? Maybe, yeah. Get it gotten to the with the host afterwards a little bit. Have you ever seen anyone kind of lose their cool? Like, you don't have to name names, but just kind of. I mean, yeah, I've definitely seen artists. I mean, we've been told to leave a studio. The door's been closed on them, on us, so that they could have a few minutes to hash out or argue about something. And you can kind of hear it. I mean, these walls are fairly soundproof, but you can hear and kind of see that there's stuff going on in the studio. Again, I don't want to name names, but there's definitely been situations over the years where you can feel the tension start to build and then you get the you get the tap like hey can you get your team out of here we need to we need to have a little meeting the green room is is uh, a great place for that where i've walked in there before to kind of check on everybody and like you're a few feet away and you hear loud voices and you say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna let them work through whatever there is and i'll, I'll come back a little bit later yeah he handed me a note and it said Jonas Brothers on it. I don't know if there's a... I'm teasing. The Jonas Brothers are lovely. They're lovely guys. They're lovely guys. I, I'll say I, I got thrown out of the studio once by Gene Simmons. If I'm talking about regrets, I had my boss with me and he was whispering something to me about the continuing studio, uh, schedule that Gene had for the day. And Gene stopped the interview cold and looked to both of us and just said, get out. And it was, it, I, I was very early on in my career here, and he's an imposing figure to begin with. And, and we both, we just got quiet, they figured it would go by, and he sat there for another, what felt like an eternity, it was probably another five or ten seconds, and it was like, no, get out. <laughs> get, you want to have a conversation, I'm talking, get out. And it was, I, that, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's just... You're dealing with a lot of different personalities here, and uh, you never know what's going to happen in the next door. My name is Sebastian Steinberg, and I hold the bass and occasionally pluck it. We, we support each other. I have always made a deal, especially with upright bass, if... You can make it, I can. How long have you been doing this, Sebastian? Since I found out I could not be a subway train. Uh, I probably was about 12. What keeps you going and fresh and thoughtful and excited about doing this? My utter failure at every other aspect of my life. <laughs> Process of elimination. Do musicians retire? I have no idea. Duke Ellington didn't. I doubt I will. The, the way you are in a group dynamic is awesome, and it keeps everything in a great place. Can that be taught? <laughs> yes, for a price. But uh, but I'll I'll negotiate. We can we can talk. Different cities, you know, same cities. Does anything rattle you? Yeah, running out of weed. The guys are officially a wrap at SiriusXM, which means a van, not an Uber, not a subway, is coming to take them to their next stop, or next record. I had a little more time on my hands, a little free spot, which allowed me another coffee and allowed me a little bit of a stroll. I love to stroll through New York, especially through the high tourist spots, because it makes me feel like I actually know something about New York, even though 
though I'm from there, I know absolutely nothing, trust me. <laughs> Heading south around Herald Square area, 34th Street, 7th Avenue, 8th Avenue, I looked up and I saw something I'd seen maybe a thousand times, probably more before in my lifetime, the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Seeing MSG, seeing the arena, as we all do, I flashed on a concert I saw there around 1996. The Dave Matthews Band was headlining, but opening for Dave Matthews was the band Soul Coughing. It was one of those magical nights we all have where the opening band just sort of steals it. For those of you playing Assembly at home who know far more about this than I do, Sebastian Steinberg was one of the founders of Soul Coughing. <laughs> so... 1996, I'm watching Soul Coughing, I'm watching Sebastian literally blow the doors off MSG. But in this moment, it really hits me. 25 years later, after seeing him, not even knowing I'm seeing him, I'm actually getting to spend some time with him and to learn from him, both on and off the record. Well, records are around for a reason. They play forwards, they play backwards, you can scratch them, and if you author that scratch in such a way, you make a statement. We're all part of this statement. We all play our parts. We are the record. We're about to hit the bridge on this record, so let's take a break. More assembling to do. But now this. Hey guys, it's me, Rob Malazzo. Our debut season of Assembly is winding down, and before we say goodbye for now, a few things I wanted to throw at you. A, I wanted to thank you for listening. It's been so much fun bringing it to you, but only works really if you listen and like it and enjoy and stay with us. So A, thank you. B, season number two of Assembly is on its way. I'm getting that ready right now. Check the website, theassemblypodcast.com for updates. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Assembly. You'll know exactly when the next season hits, and I know you're going to love it just as much as season one, hopefully more. And lastly, C, no, this is not a test. I'm constantly developing new ideas, new guests, new communities, new places to explore on Assembly with you and for you. And all my post-it notes for future Assemblies lead back to you, the listeners. So if you're listening and you can afford to contribute to the show, please go to the website, theassemblypodcast.com, click the button that says contribute, and I'll lay out all the steps for you. There are no small amounts. Your contributions are invaluable to the life and the future and the mere existence of the show. Without you, there is no assembly. So thank you. Oh, there's a letter D. All of the above. Now, let's get back to the assembly. In your own time. Oh
friend once told me that New York can remind you of what you don't have, but for me, on this part of our part of assembly, New York reminded me of where I once was. Our next stop, our next record, is the CBS Broadcasting Center, a place I interned for about a thousand years ago, and a place where the guys will be doing their final hybrid Frankenstein Monster promo performance for the week, a CBS Saturday morning session. Though it's Friday, I think. A truncated performance at CBS may seem a little paint-by-numbers for our week. Well, it is and it isn't. It isn't because the programmers at CBS really do seem to care about who they bring in. I know Jeff Lynn and a cast of thousands were just there doing Turn to Stone, so their walls were still recovering. The by-the-numbers part I'm suspecting is how they'll put this show together. How many men and women are needed to put on a broadcast television performance? I'm always struck by how much noise goes into creating a beautiful, artistic silence, no matter what the medium, film, TV, music. So I'm looking forward to being hypnotized all over again. But I really do need to stay out of everyone's way because they have an actual job to do. And, unlike them, I'm not even sure I'm allowed to even be in here during this. (laughs) So, I'll see who will talk to me. But if no one can, that's cool. I'll just listen. This morning in our Saturday sessions, the reunion of two indie giants, Calexico and Iron and Wine. In 2005, Calexico's Joey Burns and John Convertino and Iron and Wine's Sam Beam got together to record the EP In the Rains. Recently, they went into the studio again. The result, their just released second album, Years to Burn. Now here's Calexico and Iron and Wine with Father Mountain. So it's going to be guest Wi-Fi, and then the password is going to be... Right there with cap sensitive. Great, thank you. And I think we're about ten minutes on the phone. Can I get Yeah, yeah, he like it. Yeah, um, I have this amplifier here. Hello, come on. So, right there, that's good. So to paint our paint-by-numbers just a little more precisely, what I'm seeing are two areas. One is a production area where all the magic happens, the controlled chaos, the planned anarchy, and essentially, our performance. Producers reviewing everything from the number of amps to the number of music stands to the set list. Band members setting up their own gear as they have all week. Camera crew going over positions and shot sizes and cranes and steady cams. The storm before the quiet, just like I remember. Dominic always likes to mic a piano, so most of the time he'll tell you to like stay away from that. There's Mike's doing the wedge mix, right? So he tells us where he wants to mix it, so he wants to just go around in a circle, one through six. Okay, so okay. that's how you want them labeled, that starting right. from looking at the looking at the floor yeah. stage left. And okay, so we're rehearsing the first song, Turn to Stone. The city streets are empty now, and then they all join in. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, he sings that line, and then they all join in. It was 
perfect. Okay, A, I guessed right. I had the levels right. But it, I mean, no it was pitch perfect. No. I said to myself, wait a minute, they're all old. Said, that, that must have come off the tracks. So he sings the next line. Now, the next time, I'm looking at the LEDs of the, of the vocal mics. The son of a bitch, it was live. Wow. Yeah, I'm an old man. My name is Dominic Maldari. I actually don't have a business card, but it says on an audio engineer, I guess. Mother bought me a phonograph when I was two years old. And that's how it got started. I just, well, I guess I wanted to do it all my life. I went to school for it. I, no, I, I got him. I'm sorry. I, still, I, I said never mind to you. But yeah, you can use it for all the heads now, right? Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York. And what, it, what really helped me, I guess, was the fact that the classes are the classes, right? Whatever. But I volunteered. I did audio on multiple shows while I was there. And it's like being the catcher on a baseball team. Like Nobody wants to do the audio. I mean, that's what I wanted to do anyway. So I had nobody in my way. So like right from the first year, I was able to do it. You know they call the catcher's gear the tools of ignorance. Yes, the audio guy is, is the man of ignorance. Uh, it's never, that's one thing I will say, it's never boring. Like even today, is today boring to me? No, it's, it has been hit with all sorts of changes. When I'm actually mixing the band, I actually don't hear the song. I just continually non-stop scan every input and do I want to hear, am I hearing that the way I want am I hearing that the way I want fast I just will keep going is it the way I want is it the way I want I make little subtle adjustments as I go normally I get a rehearsal which is fine and then I'm usually ready to tape but then I don't actually like really hear it until we like open the tape machine and run it on air I have been told on multiple occasions that the stuff sounds better than the album I hear the elements I don't hear the whole, but it always works out. As soon as I do the Leslie, I will go get the B-52. In network production, as in life, some see the donut, some see the hole. Speaking of donuts, <laughs> on to world number two, the green room. <laughs> I ask for specific donuts, they never get them. They look pretty good, though. No, they are, but they're not the ones I wanted. Brendan. And are you the lead producer on the CBS Mornings? Uh, I'm not the executive producer, I'm just a producer. Oh, uh, cool. How long have you been doing this? Too long. No, uh, <laughs> no it's a joke. Huh? Uh, like, since 2008, so 11 years. Single forms. This has to fill out the first page only. Name, home address, social sign. The non-singers fill out W-4s, and they'll need a passport for the non-singers. These aren't just straight marketing quid pro no, no, no. There's union rules. We have to pay entertainers. And of course, the money is different for singers and entertainers. We need to know if Seb and if Joey are playing acoustics. Probably. You know TV. They don't like probably. I'll call, I'll call them. I'll call you. Want, you need a pen? I know. I'm good. Hi, my name is Joey Burns of Calexico. I write songs, I play music, and I help others to create music. Is it okay? Do you, get, you ever get used to green room food? <laughs> well, there's green food, so that makes this green room especially good. You know, I've got all my friends and cohorts here. we got the lights, cameras, costumes. Still trying to figure out my way. And then each situation, whether it's like a radio station doing acoustic or a sound check at a big show, it's all a different environment. So you kind of just want to adapt to that environment, what sounds and feels good. They're all gifts, so um, I don't mind if someone helps give me another chance I mean every time you like I love Thelonious Monk's uh, quote which is like every time you pick up your instrument you're rehearsing and so every time you, you pick up the paintbrush you have a, a new stroke on on maybe the same canvas or a different canvas depending upon you know, what you're doing but I like it I, I really 
I like the opportunity to kind of expand. I see the true matinee idol today. Where are your hat and glasses? Yeah. Can you at least walk around New York with a hat just for like a couple of blocks? Of course. Yeah. Because here in New York, it's like a John Voight thing, you know, like a Joe Buck, Midnight mm. Cowboy, everybody's mm. talking at me. Yeah, back in the day, where did we go? We used to go to Joe's Bar. You know, I used to love going there because they had Hank Williams and Lefty Frizzell, Patsy Cline on the jukebox. And I, when, I, when I found that place, then I felt like, all right, this is legit. I can, you know, I feel, I feel the connection here. Travolta has nothing on you. You are an urban cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. No great surprise, as the performance nears, traffic intensifies, even in the green room. I'm seeing more band management, more press leads, more colleagues, fewer donuts. Oh, and speaking of food, amidst this incredible display that CBS has left for everybody, they've also laid out two of their Emmys smack dab in the middle. Eye-catching, inedible. There you go. Uh, my name is Chris Jacobs, and I am the general manager at Sub Pop Records. I've been at Sub Pop for 22 years, a little over 22 years, so not the very beginning. Um, Sub Pop started in 1989, or 88, sorry. Um, as far as how they wound up on Sub Pop goes, um, we, you know, since the first Iron and Wine record and even during the time that he was not on Sub Pop maintained a close relationship with Sam and you know love working with him and stuff so when he and Howard brought up the idea of doing this record on Sub Pop of course you know we jumped at that because it's an opportunity to do more stuff with him and we work really well together and love the records that he makes so made sense seeing bands on like on your downtime do you get fatigue and do you get to carve out space and say yeah I no, I can't do that. I yeah. can't go to that eighth show this week. Yeah. I, you're right that that can be overwhelming and super exhausting because the pace is something that I don't think anybody could keep up with. Happily and gratefully, the company I work for and the people I work with, artists and stuff like that, are pretty understanding of that kind of work-life balance stuff. And I don't feel obligated to attend stuff that I'm just too wiped out to go to or that I have other things going on surrounding that and in fact I find more and more as like artists that we work with you know like if we're in New York or whatever and you see them at a show they're like oh my god I can't believe you're here like if it was me I wouldn't be coming to this they, I mean they, they recognize that you need to have some kind of boundaries and in order to not feel like it slips into some kind of obligatory kind of thing and that you that you're going because you know you're interested in it and it's a good experience and not just like another thing you got to kind of like check some boxes by you know hi I'm here that kind of thing like I don't think that's worthwhile really for anybody like I didn't go to see Father John Missy the other night because he was just in Seattle the Tuesday before even though I would like to go to that show it's probably a better use of my time to chat with folks who I work with and don't have that many opportunities to connect with so can you have a bad day can I have a, yeah, I've had a lot of them. <laughs> I'll ask your staff later. Yeah. I tell my film students that every movie is a documentary, even like Avengers Part 22, the distance of time between In the Rains and this. Yeah. 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Are records a watermark of time in that way? Um, I think that it's always important to keep focused on what's currently happening and what we might do next. I mean, there's definitely danger in getting too nostalgic, but I also think that it's like a disservice 
both to our own individual experiences as people at this record label and then also with the relationships that we have with these bands and these records to, to not at least kind of like I don't know, recognize it in some fashion. I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time just really digging into it and celebrating and inhabiting that moment forever. But like, I definitely think that, you know, like recognizing it for what it is and the specialness that it is. And who fucking knows if it ever happen again, you know? Like, so it's like kind of like, it's meaningful, I think, in some way. And it's like, you want to replicate, if not that exact thing with those exact people, you want to replicate something that has the same kind of like, you know, value for all of the people who are participating in that, both from a relationship standpoint and from just the art standpoint. And I would hope that it's like bringing new influences in life to this particular experience, you know, right now. This morning in our Saturday sessions, the reunion of two indie giants, Calexico and Iron and Wine. In 2005, Calexico's Joey Burns and John Convertino and Iron and Wine's Sam Beam got together to record the EP In the Rains. Recently, they went into the studio again. The result, their just released second album, Years to Burn. Now here's Calexico and Iron and Wine with Father Mountain. Father built a mansion on the mountain I was chasing my Therese around a tree We were kicking precious stones Sinking ships and swimming home Only crazy for the comfort of our clothes My father built a mansion on the mountain My name is Sam Sam Bean. I sing and play guitar. Is this more like practice or more like a performance? You know that fine line? Because it's so hermetically sealed. Uh, it's both. It's both. It's a different kind of thing. I mean, yeah, obviously it's like super sterile and kind of strange. Um, I'm always a little taken aback how different it sounds through the TV speaker that's always so different. Um, Tiny Dusk as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, you know, you just look for different things, I think. I think you're your priorities are different yeah you know what you're here for I mean you know it's a team we're all making this thing the band doing their thing the technicians are capturing it it's all part of what we're doing here it's not just a performance it's also capturing a performance because that's what people see screwed me up with these movie metaphors. I was thinking of takes, like an actor in multiple takes. Do you feel like that on any level? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I, we were talking before, it's, it's a lot like that. You're trying to find something, but also hone something, discover things, and um, yeah, and also trust in your luck and hope for serendipity at the same time. I don't split hairs about it. Just do it and go to the next one. Last thing, there's free food in, in the green room. <laughs> Thank God. Bon appetit, man. On the 
final part of the season's assembly. How does it feel to be back in New York? You're a New Yorker. It's super fun to be here, especially now that I don't live here anymore. <laughs> it's not what I always like to do. I also am not into swimming upriver. <laughs> where's Sam at? You know, where's Joey at? What demons are, are fighting them away from the connection to the music? And can they shake them off? Are you really from Brooklyn originally? No. Originally I'm from Texas. Is anyone from Brooklyn anymore? No. Your dog died? Yeah, we have two dogs. Well, we did have two dogs. And then the dog... Wait, why am I telling this? Do you know how many people are in Iron and Wine? No. I'll say goodbye to you after the show, but I... I God. I thought I was going to answer questions about music, not gentrification. But here we go. How many people donate, would you say? What is this for exactly? Assembly is created and produced by me, Robert Malazzo. Original music for Assembly is by Sam Spiegel and ANR. A special thanks for this episode of Assembly goes to Tarina Amiller, Chicago, Illinois. And Rodrigo Lopez Portillo, Mexico City, Mexico. Visit our website, theassemblypodcast.com. Send any questions, comments you have. You can also suggest an Assembly you'd like me to feature on the show. And of course, you can contribute there. Your contributions are incredibly appreciated, I promise. Assembly is a presentation of the Modern School of Film. Mm